There's a word from the Lord as we continue this series entitled Community Matters. This is sermon number nine in this series. Our text is found in the book of Joshua chapter six and verses 22 to verse 25. We're reading from the New Living Translation. Joshua chapter six verses 22 to 25 from the New Living Translation. Meanwhile, Joshua said to the two spies, keep your promise. Mm. Go to the prostitute's house and bring her out. Somebody say prostitute's house. Say it again, prostitute's house. I'm going somewhere with that. And when you go to the prostitute house, I want you to bring her out along with her family. The men who had been spies went in and brought out Rahab. Somebody say Rahab. Her father, mother, brothers, and all the other relatives, Pushan, Kishia, and all of them, you know, uh, all of those <laughs> cousins that end up in your house. I mean, <laughs> brought them all out with her. They moved her whole family to a safe place near the camp of Israel. Then the Israelites burned the town and everything in it. Only the things made from silver, gold, bronze, or iron were kept for the treasurer of the Lord's house. And look at verse 25. So Joshua spared Rahab, the prostitute, somebody say prostitute, and all her relatives who were with her in the house because she had hidden the spies Joshua sent to Jericho and she lives among the Israelites to this day. The church that loves God's word said amen. The series is entitled Community Matters. This is message number nine. Look at someone say the worst house in town. Clap your hands and take your seat the worst house in town the worst house on John's Island <laughs> the worst house down there in Frogmore Beaufort worst house off 48 <laughs> amen listen one of the fundamental principles of our Christian faith is that God can save anyone. Look at somebody and say anyone. Regardless of their background, regardless of their past transgressions, some of you are benefactors of that, that God can save anyone. It is so important that we understand that there is no one beyond the reach of God's grace and God's mercy. What is grace? Grace, theologically, is simply the unmerited favor of God. Mercy is when God gives you more than you deserve. <laughs> I just want to check to make sure anyone in here thank God for grace and mercy 
Listen, yes, my brothers and sisters, the redemptive love of God is available for everyone. It doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, what your background is. It doesn't matter who your family may be. It doesn't matter even what you used to be. It doesn't even matter who you are now and what you're doing now. Listen to the iconic verse that's found in John chapter 3 verse 16 otherwise known as John 3:16 For God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son that here here is the word that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life the key, the key word in this verse is whoever. It simply means everyone. It does not exclude anyone. No, not even those who live in what may be considered, what many may consider to be the worst house in town. God's grace and mercy can go down anybody's street. <laughs> Drive up anybody's driveway. And even if you don't have a driveway, it'll find where you are. It'll climb the stairs up your apartment all the way to the third floor. <laughs> God's grace and mercy can find you. I'm so glad that grace and mercy found me. Anyone so glad that grace and mercy gave you another chance in our text for today's message we have what is perhaps one of the greatest examples in the old testament an actual example of the transformative saving grace the power of god's grace and mercy the text in joshua chapter 6 occurs during the time of Joshua as he has been chosen by God to succeed his mentor, Moses. The Bible tells us in Joshua chapter 1, God says to Joshua, Joshua, my servant Moses is now dead. There are two words that are pretty prevalent in chapter 1. When God says to Joshua, be strong and courageous. In other words, I am calling you to succeed Moses. And I know it's not going to be easy because it's hard to lead people you grow up with. <laughs> hard to lead people that were in the same boat you were in. But God had chosen Joshua to lead the children of Israel out of their wilderness experience. You know the text and the context. They had been in the wilderness for 40 long years, wandering around in the wilderness because of their disobedience. But God made a promise to their ancestors that God intended to keep. God said, I will bless you with land you did not have to cultivate, houses. You did not build vineyards. You did not plant. 
So God was about to now bring them out of their wilderness experience. Song that the old Negroes used to sing, tell me how did you feel when you came out of the wilderness? Everybody's been in a wilderness experience. Am I right about it? Some of you may be in it right now, but the good news is that God can bring you out of your wilderness experience. So he chooses Joshua. Tells Joshua that I'm going to empower you to do what is necessary. But before you cross Jordan, before you go to the other side, to the land that I had promised, need you to go check out this promised land. You remember one of the reasons they were stuck in the wilderness for 40 years is because they didn't believe God when God said the land was theirs 40 years ago. So Joshua knew that it was important to choose the right people to check out the land. Moses did not do that. <laughs> Moses chose 12 and 10 of the 12 did not have faith. And God said to Joshua, I'm sure that I need you to only take two because 12 are too many. Sometimes we have too many people go with us to check out what God has already promised us. Oh, I wish I had time to preach about all your circle of friends that you got to check with before you go do what God has already told you to do. Amen. I've learned that when God tells me to do something, I don't have to check with anybody to ask their permission. I can check with them and tell them my position. Uh, but I don't have to inquire permission. Can I get a witness? Look at somebody and say, you don't need permission. Ooh, who am I preaching to? You don't need permission from your friends, your neighbors, or anybody else. Just go check out what God has promised. So the two spies go to a city called Jericho. But Jericho had what biblical scholars have referred to as impregnable walls. They had massive walls around the city. Impregnable just meant that they in all likelihood could not be penetrated by natural forces. Uh, it was difficult so they had a sense of comfort in knowing these walls have been here for hundreds of years. No one has been able to knock them down yet but God knew what he was doing. He sent these spies out to go to see the land of promise. They get there and while there, the two spies are now led by God. Ooh, check this out. To go seek refuge in a house in Jericho. <laughs> Somebody say preach, Pastor. God could have chosen any house. God could have chose your house behind the gated fence. God could have chose your house on the lake. God could chose your three-story beautiful house decked down with designer furniture. God could have chose your four-garage house that everybody talks to. But Lawson, God chose Rahab's house. 
In other words, go to the harlot's house. Go to the prostitute's house. A woman of ill repute, a woman simply known as the harlot, or excuse the language, the whore from Jericho. But God, but God, God said, I'm going to send you somewhere. Somebody's going to take care of you. But God gets to choose where he sends us. So he sends these two spies to the house of the harlot from Jericho. Rahab, somebody help me say Rahab. Somebody say Rahab, Rahab lived in what was perhaps the most undesirable area in the city. Listen, take note to where Rahab lived. Chapter 2 and verse 15 says, the New Living Translation says, her house was on the wall. One translation says, next to the wall. One said, it was built inside the wall. The wall probably had two brick structures where there were alleyways or pathways. Y'all know what it means to grow up in the alleyway. Y'all don't know anything about that, do you? You didn't grow up in a street. You grew up in an alleyway. They didn't even have a name for your street. They said, yeah, you turn left over there and turn right by the oak tree and go down the pathway, and that's where us live. That's where Rahab lived in the alleyway. So, can I preach this? She lived in what was perhaps the most undesirable area of the city. She lived in the hood. She lived on the other side of the tracks. She lived in the low rent district. She lived where the taxes weren't too high because nobody could pay them anyhow. That's where she lived. And she lived in, listen to this, in the worst house in the worst side of town. She lived in a place between the walls so that if the walls of Jericho were ever overcome and if an invading army were to ever, Elder Fred Cursey, knock it down, the first house to go would be Rahab's house. First house to be attacked, first house to be destroyed was Rahab. You know, let me give you an example. Back in the day, Deacon James Simmons, you know this because you come from the low country. That was before other folks start seeing value in living in mosquito-infested areas. You know what I'm talking about, Lawson. But there was a time back in the day, I know because I read my history, I'm a history buff, that, 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 that the most undesirable land, even in the coastal areas, were right there near the water because that's where the mosquitoes and malaria and the people figure if a hurricane come there get y'all first that was Rahab she lived in an area that if the enemy ever knocked down the walls that they would get they would get Rahab's house first 
her house will be the first to go. So let me use your spiritual imagination. Let me paint a picture for you. An imaginary picture of who Rahab was. Go with me. The worst person, prostitute, in the worst house, in the worst side of town. But God had a plan for her life. Woo. Can I say that again? y'all? I just want y'all to get this. Worst person, worst house, in the worst side of town. But God had a plan for her life. Now this next praise is not for everyone because some of you were born bougie. Some of you were born all right. But for the rest of us who grew up on the other side of town and folk didn't think you would end up where you are, but you know God had a plan for your life. I just need you to give God a 10 second praise. Come on brother musician, help me. Give God 10 seconds and give God Look at somebody and say, that sounds like my story. Woo. Free lunch. Free anything they had. Free cheese. Free whatever they had. But God woo, had a plan for your life. Anybody know that God can use anybody? God can save anybody? See, some of you are too dressed up and you've developed historical amnesia and you don't really remember where God has brought you from. But some of us know he brought me from a mighty long ways. Anybody know God brought you from a mighty long ways? That's a good time to put a praise on the fact that if it had not been for the Lord, that was on my side. Look at your neighbors and neighbor. You see me now, but you don't know where I've come from. God has brought me <laughs> Woo! from a mighty, a mighty long ways. Woo! I feel like preaching. God had a plan for Sister Rahab. God would reward her faith uh, because she had faith in a God that she did not know. She protected men she had never met. This was probably the first time two men showed up in Rahab's house and didn't have to pay. <laughs> Y'all know I'm telling the truth. Ah, they didn't have to pay because look at your neighbor say, neighbor, God had already paid the price. Anybody know that God has already paid the price? So listen, Rahab provides refuge and provision for these two men, Rahab, somebody help me say Rahab, Rahab, also recognized 
that the hand of God was at work. For she said to these two men in chapter 2 and verse 9 of the book of Joshua, she said, and I quote, I know that the Lord has given you this land. Abraham knew something that everybody else in the town didn't know. She knew that God was at work and that God had already given the Israelites this land. She went on to say in verse number 11, she says, For the Lord your God is the supreme God of the heavens above and the earth below. Let me ask you something. What do you know about God? Because somebody say he's all right. Do you know anything about God? Is there anybody in here that know God is a healer? Don't y'all fool me. Anybody in here know God is a way maker? Don't y'all fool me. Anybody in here know God is a heart fixer? No, God is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Anybody in here know that God is my joy? God is my peace. God is my all and all. What you know about him? What you know about him? Look at your neighbor and say he's all right. Y'all excuse me, I know something about God. I know he's able, I know he's able. I need about a 150 people to jump up to your feet and say, I know God is able. I need 100 more to stand up and say, I know God is. He's all right. He's all right. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, God's all right. God's all right. Food on my table. Clothes on my back. Y'all going to make us have church in here. Somebody want to dance. Somebody want to shout. Somebody want to give God your best praise and say he's all right. Listen. May I preach? What, What a powerful statement of faith from Sister Rahab, formerly known as the harlot of Jericho. Ah, God, use this woman who lived in the worst house on the worst side of town. Listen, we're told in the text that when the walls of Jericho came down, if y'all would give me a little more time, I would tell you how the walls came down. Some of you, I don't even need to tell you. 
because y'all know how the walls came down. There are a few Sunday school students in here that know the walls did not come down because of a cannon. The walls did not come down because a mighty army knocked them down. But the walls came down when the people of God walked around the walls one time for six days, seven times on the seventh day, and then they shouted and the walls came down. Look at your neighbor, say, neighbor, your praise will still bring your walls down. Woo, somebody did not get it. So I wish somebody would get this. Look at your neighbor, say, neighbor, your praise will still bring your walls down. If you shout, your walls will fall down. If you yell, if you lose your dignity and stop acting so cute and throw your head back and shabak the Lord your God, woo, God will still knock your walls down. Here we go. I need everybody at the count of three to give God your best praise. One, two, and... Not a dance but a shout because the dance didn't knock it down but the shout did here we go one more time one two and let Columbia hear you let South Carolina hear you let the nation hear Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, they are about to fall down. Tell your neighbor your walls are about to fall. Your walls are about to fall. About. Somebody got some walls that in the next seven days is about to get ready get ready get ready get ready wave at a praise partner say neighbor get ready get ready And when the walls fall down, y'all know I need seven more minutes. You never trust a preacher when he said, give me five more minutes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. When the walls fell down, when the walls fell down, whoo, when the walls fell down, the mayor's house fell down. The senator's house fell down. Superintendent's house fell down. The bougie's house behind the gated fence <laughs> fell down. But one house, but one house 
Look at somebody say, but one house remained standing. And it was the worst. Y'all help me. It was the worst house in town. The Bible says, and Rahab and all her family was saved. But whew, that's not how the story is. Brother Fred, do you think they'll give me a few more minutes to tell them how the story ends? But that's not how the story ends. Rahab went on to marry a man from Israel by the name of Salmon. Somebody say, tell the story, Pastor Jackson. I want y'all to be like Mahalia Jackson told Martin Luther King in the March on Washington. Tell the story, Martin. Y'all say, tell the story, Pastor Jackson. Rahab married a man by the name of Salmon. They had a son. <laughs> Woo! by the name of Boaz do I have time to tell you the rest of the story Rahab married Salma they had a son by the name of Boaz Boaz married a woman from Moab by the name of Ruth. Somebody say Ruth. Can I tell the story? Ruth had a son by the name of Obed. Obed had a son by the name of Jesse. All my Sunday school students ought to be up on your feet because you know where this is going. Jesse had a son by the name of David. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I will bless the Lord at all times. That David. That David. That David. Somebody shout, but God. Somebody shout, but, but, but. Rahab had Boaz. Boaz and Ruth had Obed. Obed had Jesse. Jesse had David. And from the lineage of David, came a man born in Bethlehem by the name of what's his name? Somebody shout but God but God but God but God but God but God 
from a harlot in Jericho to a woman of great faith to a harlot in Jericho to a mother of Zion but God but God but God but God but God y'all stand to your feet stand to your feet look at your neighbor say neighbor God use Rahab to bring forth David King David through David King Somebody ought to give God your best praise. Give God your best praise. Woo! Listen. 3 key insights as you rest upon your feet briefly. Take your phone out, take a picture of him. 3 key insights. Woo! I still can't get over the fact. Can I tell you one more thing about Rahab? Hebrews chapter 11. <laughs> the heroes of faith. In that chapter, God talks about Abraham and Moses and Isaac. But somewhere buried in Hebrews is one of only a few women mentioned as heroes of faith. Guess whose name? Oh, y'all don't believe me. Thank you upstairs. Hebrews 11, 31. Woo! Guess whose name? Guess whose name shows up in the heroes of faith? The Bible said it was by faith that Rahab. You don't need to hear anything else. By faith, it was Rahab from a prostitute in the worst house on the worst side of town to become a mighty woman of faith. And I need you to encourage somebody standing next to you and say, neighbor, if God can use Rahab, he can certainly use you, your grandson, your granddaughter, your niece, your nephew. Or anyone else. Three key insights and we're going. Insight number one. God can save anyone. Regardless of who they are or what others may think of them. One of the takeaways of this message, one of the insights from this message, I need you to remember that God can save anyone. Don't you give up on your child. There's some Rahab sleeping in your house. There's some Rahabs that ate at your Thanksgiving table. <laughs> God says, I'm about to turn their story around. Won't he do it? I'm trying to get out of here, but I, 
I got some I got some folk in my family that God says I'm about to turn it around. There's some folk, some extended folk in your family that God's about to turn it around. Somebody give God a thank you, holler, thank God. Insight number two. Faith in God is the key to salvation. It wasn't that she just hid the spies, but she declared her faith when she says, I know that God has given you and your people this city. Listen to what she said. We said it in the message. And your God is the supreme God of the heavens above and the earth below. Faith in God is the key to salvation. Rahab's faith in God not only saved her, but her entire family. Your faith may save your family. Can I speak prophetically over somebody right now? I, I don't know who I'm speaking to, but, I, but I, I feel something in my heart. God told me to say to someone under the sound of my voice, your faith may be responsible for saving your family. Woo! Your faith may just save your family. Insight number three as we prepare for this altar but I want to hear you I want to share with you and I want you to hear insight number three. Not only can God save anyone but I've got news for you. God can use anyone look at your neighbor and say neighbor God can use you God can use your child God can use your grandchild God can use somebody that nobody else ever think that they can do anything for the kingdom God used Rahab she was a part of the lineage of Jesus Rahab the prostitute became an example for generations to come of the transformational power of God do me a favor lift those hands and say use me Lord lift those hands I need everybody to say if you can use anything Lord you can use me use my hand use my feet <laughs> use my mind use my words <laughs> use my gifts thank you use my talents <laughs> if you can use anyone God can use you from the worst house 
in town to a mighty woman of Zion who became the great-grandmother of a man by the name of David. But God, but God, don't you give up on anyone. Don't you write off anyone. Don't you dare tell any of these young people that you're too far gone. The enemy, the devil is the enemy and the enemy is a liar. God can use him. Anybody know God can use anyone? Now here's what I want. This is a special altar. I want to invite anyone in here who, and I don't want you to be ashamed you've ever been ridden off, given up on. Somebody said that God can't ever use you. You won't ever amount to anything. Or you're praying for someone in your family who feels as if God can never use me and they're not here. I need you to come and make your way to this altar and just stand here for yourself or for someone you love. Because we're getting ready to declare in the atmosphere that if God can use anything, if the Lord can use anything, he can certainly use you. He can certainly use someone that you love. That's right. To those of you that are joining us virtually, make an altar where you are. Stop what you're doing. If you're cooking or whatever you're doing, stop. It's time to pray for someone that the enemy has discouraged the enemy has told you are too far gone to ever recover. The enemy has said you've done too many things for God to ever consider using you. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. There's some Rahabs in here. There, there's some people in here that God turned your story around. Come on, any, anyone in here know pastor? God turned my story around. If he can use anything, whew, the Lord can use me. Come on, praise and worship that. Listen. Whew. That's for somebody. That's for some young man used to sell drugs, but God says you won't sell anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone used to be in the street. God said no more. <laughs> some young lady that others gave up on you. Ooh. One more time. Thank you, team. Come on, tell them if you can use it. Touch my heart. Touch my heart. 
tell us something, young man. Come on. Lord, you call Moses from the wilderness. Y'all wave your hand. He brought in his hand. hand. You used him to lead your people over to the promised land. Lord, I'm willing to trust in you. So take my life and Y'all give a hand of praise to this incredible young president. the Bible God's preference has always been to use more people like Rahab than folk who think they already got it going on I told the congregation this morning Mother Jackson God took a young man from Taylor's 12 people from the surrounding areas 59 years ago created a ministry when God I want y'all to hear this Bishop Jackson was never ashamed of this and I am so proud to declare this when God called Bishop Jackson to the ministry he had not even graduated from high school dropped out of high school sister Pat ran away from home at 17 joined the racetrack came back home his mother had died god had touched his heart (laughs) god sent him to a church on hampton street called bible way sent him to a mother who lived in little camden called elizabeth simmons she witnessed to him he received the gift of the holy ghost (laughs) god filled his life He was a stutterer and a stammerer and a high school dropout. But God says, I'm going to use you to build one of the largest ministries in the state of South Carolina. This ministry is not here today because of Daryl Jackson. But it's here today because of A.C. Jackson and 12 other people that most people didn't give them any opportunity to do anything but guess what God said I don't care where you come from I don't care what you come through I want to use you come on and tell him if you can use you can 
somebody tell them you use Close those eyes. So Bishop Jackson goes on to get a GED at Midlands Tech. He goes up Monticello Road and studies at CIU. Never ashamed of where he came from. And never tried to hide and never was embarrassed to say that if God can use me, God can use you. I tell you the story because I want you to know that God is in the business of using people that other people have written off. <laughs> Close those eyes. Lord, we thank you. We bless you. Thank you, Lord, for reminding us from the worst house in town to a mighty woman of God was the story of Rahab. Thank you, Lord, because some of us, like Rahab, others perhaps wrote us off. There are some people in here that others did not give much of a chance. But look at what you have done. Your grace and mercy has brought them from a mighty long ways. And we say thank you. Now I pray for that young man who was so discouraged. Pray for that young lady who was so depressed. Pray for that grandmother who was almost about to give up on their grandchild. Pray for that mother and father who refused to give up on their children to know that if God can use anything, God can use their child. There are some Rahabs, some Joshuas being birthed this very hour. And we say thank you. This is our prayer. In your name we pray and give thanks. And all of those that love the Lord said amen. Amen. Look at somebody and say anyone. Ooh, look at somebody and say anyone. Listen, if you want to give your life to the Lord. If you want God to use you and you're not yet committed to him, the elders and the ministers are standing at the rear of the church. To those of you that are listening online, you can call that number on the screen. Somebody will gladly pray with you and pray for you right now. Come on team, take it up, tell them again. If you can. Come on, if you want a prayer, you want to commit, if you want to join the church, just let the elders know. That's right, somebody's walking back there now. The family members, look at God. Folk right now are saying, I need prayer. I need God to use me. Listen, as we stand for the benediction, let me thank you for the vision offering. Let me encourage you 
to continue to give. God has instructed me that I, I don't need to beg. In fact, no pressure. I just want to remind you of how good God has been. And thank you for investing in the next generation. Look at it. We see it here on this stage today. Thank you. Thank you. Listen, this is what I pray, Pastor Lawson, Pastor Mac, other elders and ministers, Pastor Willie May. I pray that this vision offering will be around for a long time because it will always, there will always be a vision. There will always be a need, Deacon Simmons, to sow into the future. And when God says $1 a day is about the future, I thank God for that wonderful, wonderful cook that works for District 1 that sends her offerings by Deacon Hadgray and says, sow this seed in Bible way. I thank you. She doesn't have much, but she sends it faithfully because she believes in the future. Thank you. Thank you. Look at somebody and simply says, thank you. One dollar a day. Invest in the future. Amen. Lift those hands to the Lord one more time as we take it out. Team, God, use it. Yeah, yeah. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit, may he rest with us, may he abide with us, may he forever walk with us, and may he always remind us that no one is beyond his reach, beyond his grace and mercy. In his son Jesus Christ's name we pray and give thanks. And everyone under the sound of my voice, virtually by way of radio or in the sanctuary, say amen. Amen. God bless you. We'd like to thank each of you for tuning in and joining us for our broadcast. If you desire prayer, please call 1-888-776-1238. There are many safe, secure, and easy ways to give to Bible Way Church of Atlas Road. Online giving is available to both members and guests through my connections at bwcar.org. You can choose to give through your bank, checking, debit, or savings account. You can give via our mobile giving app by texting BWCAR along with your giving amount to 73256. You can mail your check to P.O. Box 90309, Columbia, South Carolina, 29290. Please do not mail cash. Financial donations will also be accepted at the church on Tuesdays from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. If you feel as if this service was a blessing to you, or if you're moved by the message in any way, please be sure to share it with your family and friends. For additional announcements and for more information, be sure to visit our website. That's bwcar.org.